Today in Science from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com technews. That's ShipStation.com technews. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Dr. Paula Johnson is breaking down the barriers to better health. An accomplished cardiologist and the first black woman president of Wellesley College, Dr. Johnson's life work is improving quality of care for women and women of color around the world. By Erica Casper. When she considers how far she's come, Dr. Paula Johnson sees the path that brought her from being a public school kid in Brooklyn to being the first black woman president of Wellesley College and a tireless advocate for equity in medicine. It's a path that refined her life's work into a simple question. How do we improve the health and well-being of all women, particularly those who suffer the most inequity? It started with her grandmother, even though she didn't realize it at the time. My grandmother's psychiatric illness through a good part of my childhood was, when I look back, a motivating force, Dr. Johnson says. Motivate, it has. She is a member of the National Academy of Medicine and the American Academy of Arts and Sciences. She founded the Mary Horrigan Connors Center for Women's Health and Gender Biology at Brigham and Women's Hospital, and she has received several honorary doctorates and awards for her lifetime work. But before all of that, her family struggled for years to get her grandmother the medical help she needed, and that experience turned out to be the first step of a journey that would eventually make her a force for women's health. Dr. Johnson left Brooklyn and went to Radcliffe College at Harvard University, following her interest in science toward the field of medicine. While in college, she happened to take a small seminar course taught by Ruth Hubbard, the first woman to be tenured in the biology department at Harvard. She was a remarkable trailblazer, Dr. Johnson recalls. She had moved away from her basic science and started teaching more about some of the societal and social issues having to do with biology, and she taught a course called Biology and Women's Issues. It was transformational in a number of ways. Dr. Johnson says that the class opened her eyes to the ways that science could be biased, not only in the identity of the scientists doing the research, but also the studies themselves. The construct was overwhelmingly a male one. Men were the ones doing the studies, men were the ones used as subjects for the studies, and women were largely ignored despite making up half the human population. The connection between what she was learning and what her grandmother had been through was clear. It was just exciting, the people in the class were exciting, and Hubbard was exciting, Dr. Johnson says, explaining how much that one course motivated not just her, but many other students to go on to careers in science and medicine that focus on inequality and gender differences in health. 
That class, combined with other opportunities for public health work in college, created formative and powerful experiences that really have informed the work that I've done through my life, she says. Simply put, Dr. Johnson saw a need. Women were not represented in healthcare in a way that addressed their unique issues. For most of the history of medicine, the field was by and for men. When women patients presented differing symptoms than what was expected from male-centric research, their conditions would often go overlooked. For example, cardiovascular disease in women is frequently underdiagnosed and untreated even today, and the prevailing wisdom is that heart disease is a man thing, even though cardiovascular disease is the number one killer of women worldwide. This very clear failing of healthcare for women was one of the reasons Dr. Johnson became a cardiologist. Dr. Johnson didn't limit herself to cardiology, though. One of her early attending physicians was an early pioneer in clinical epidemiology, and she trained and researched in that area to expand the scope of what she was trying to do for women and minorities. I looked at the intersection of race, ethnicity, sex, and gender in cardiology care, she explains. Later, that led to a larger vision for me around sex and gender and how that intersected with race and ethnicity. There was so much biology that had not been done or that was being done poorly that developing that construct was very important. The work was not without challenges, and Dr. Johnson acknowledges the hurdles she had to overcome in the emerging field. When I started my academic career, there were no faculty in cardiology who did the kind of research that I did, she says. I straddled two different worlds, which was not that common. That was different and took some real work in those early days. She says that she encountered confusion and resistance from many people, but she was persistent in her advocacy for women's health and some of those people who questioned her became partners in her work years later. The lesson there, she says, is that you don't have to persuade everyone at the beginning and you do have to have a thick skin. The challenges Dr. Johnson faced as a woman in medicine who was fighting for women in medicine further illustrated the need for women on both sides of the science. While it's important that medicine includes women as subjects when studying different diseases and treatments, it's equally important that women be the ones doing the studying. Women have been an increasing presence in medical research and public health fields. Still, Dr. Johnson points out that despite studies that show that women and minorities have more novel ideas and unique links between concepts regarding healthcare than their white male counterparts, those ideas are more frequently discounted. Dr. Johnson sees her role as president of Wellesley College as an opportunity to help future researchers in these fields achieve their full potential. Dr. Johnson also illustrates the need to put the research to work, advocating for policy changes that increase equity for women in healthcare. She has had a hand in affecting change across many government policies, including the coverage of birth control under the Affordable Care Act. In 2016, the U.S. National Institutes of Health made a new policy that sex had to be included as a biological variable in all of its science, an update that Dr. Johnson actively worked for. That was a profound change, she says. She also recalls a 2017 report in which she helped to shine a light on sexual harassment of women in engineering and science, leading to policy changes across disciplines and, as she puts it, making people think twice about the culture of these fields. That is so critical. Because I'm training the young women who are going to get into these fields, we don't want them to be harassed out of them, she notes. Dr. Johnson sees her own path of both higher education and medicine as a way to do the most good as the movement for women's health heads into the future. This, she says, is the most rewarding thing about her work. 
Thanks for listening to Wired. My name is Zeke Robison, and for more stories just like this one, visit us at Wired.com. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more science news at Wired.com science. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.